What's good, everybody? It is your man B Vaughn here with We Create Music TV. And tonight on our interview segment, we have music legend, guitarist, artist, music producer. I want y'all to give a warm welcome to my guy, Teddy Richards. Good evening, brother Devon. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's glad to have you here. Uh, like I said, we got a lot to talk about, and um, I'm looking forward to because I want to. I want to. I want to hear what you got. I had a chance to listen to a lot of different things, and my ears. My ears are blessed today, so it's good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, Mr. Teddy, if you wouldn't mind, as I ask every every guest that comes onto the show, how did you get started in this whole music world? I got started, I was involved in it before I even knew I was involved in it. And what I mean mm. by that was I was such a lover of music. I had already laid the path and the groundwork and didn't realize I was laying the path and the groundwork. I loved music so much. I was already putting myself in situations where I could do more than the average listener, you know. Um, I was surrounding myself not only with talented people, but I was listening to good music, uh, you know, all genre. I was open to to all different styles, and I was. It was just something that I I embraced it at an early age. I'm self-taught as a musician, and uh, I just continued to learn and I continued to to grow. And I just, I wouldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's, you meet a, well, let me go back. I don't meet a lot of people that self-taught. I know a lot of people go to like music school or uh, they kind of grew up and they had a, like a musical background, which for myself, I didn't have any of that. And so, you know, I didn't have parents who sang or, or anything. I just love music. And I, I love that. I love the fact that you, you really took hold of your own music career and you forged your own way to to learn how to do these things yourself, which I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I started off as a singer, right? I was trying to be a singer when I when I was, a, you know, a youngin. But yeah, I, I think that's I think that's kind of what really sets people apart. That gives you that kind of resiliency to be uh, successful in this career is if you have that tenacity to to do those types of things i've been doing i wouldn't know how to do it any other way honestly i've been doing it since my first paper route <laughs> so <you> gotta... <laughs> my, my high school job that took me through college mm -hmm. and after graduating i only know how to do it one way and that means just keep moving forward and keep pushing ahead with it and again don't take no for an answer it's just a matter of circumventing around the no and getting to the thing that you're trying to get done. And mm. that's all there is. That's because there's, there's always, what's the old saying? Where there's a will, there's a way. There's a way. That's right. <laughs> and you just that, that's have to right. Where, you know, where is your way? You know, mm. and you might trial and error through it. But, you know, while you're trial and erroring through whatever it is, you're learning. You're figuring out how not to do it. And you still have so many options ahead for the way to do it that might be the right way. So mm. that's right. <laughs> that's, that's how you right. have to live it. 
That's right. You know, so so talk about your time at I believe it was the University of Michigan. Michigan State, actually. Yep, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan. Let me make sure I get that right. Michigan State. And um, so 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 kind of talk talk about your beginnings there and and uh, your journey in music and uh, and how that had an impact on your your music career. Well, you know, I went to school. Uh, my undergrad was telecommunications. I went back and did my master's clinical psychology. Um, so there's no again there's no music school uh, that I was involved in, um, and I promised my father that I wouldn't join a band, and he was vehement about, all right, son, I'm not paying for you to go over here and mess around with these girls and play them guitars. You know, you over there to learn, and you got to put your head in the books. All right, Dad, I get it, and I still was right. so so in, enamored with music, and I'd been playing in bands in in high school. Mm. And I love music, so I said, okay, I'm going to join this band. I had a couple of uh, people that had asked me to participate in a project. I said, well, you know, I, I just, we got to keep it on the, on, the, on the down low. I can't tell my dad, you know, the old kid, he'll come up here and he'll drive 80 miles away and there's going to be real trouble here in East Lansing. <laughs> so, <laughs> we couldn't say anything about right. me being the band. Uh, but what mm. a, a wonderful journey that was. It taught me how to think in terms of the business of music mm -hmm. uh, and the four of us we all had an equal say in what took place in the the preps was the name of the group um, mm -hmm. and being in that group we had a budget we knew exactly we'd meet once a meet once a week and we'd figure out okay we have the money from from the prom that we did last night what do we do with that money we put it in a bank account we're opening a bank account we're going to take half of it to pay the band the other half we're going to set it aside so that we can get to the studio one day and we make you know take 15 to 20 bucks for you know for whatever breaks you know we started thinking in those terms mm. really set me up for being a professional uh, as right. time went by and as and by professional i'm not just talking about being a good player but someone who thinks and operates in a business state of mind mm. in terms of administration mm -hmm. who understands that this, it's not just always about standing there with the guitar because right. bills have to be paid and you have responsibilities that you have to understand what you're doing while you're playing right. the guitar so, um, and that was a wonderful, uh, th that, that time frame for me was just outstanding. And we had a lot of humor. We worked hard. Um, and for our day, you know, we were very popular in East Lansing. We played a lot of proms. We played uh, a lot of uh, sorority and a lot of fraternity events. Um, and we were able to, to do what we set out to do. And it also helped me. Uh, as a musician, it helped me learn how to uh, have self-discipline to learn to play, how to learn to listen. Uh, what's the drummer doing at this part? How do the background parts go? And if I'm playing this, can I sing this note over the top of it? And can I coordinate to do these things without looking ridiculous? <laughs> so um, it was a wonderful proving ground. Um, mm. we, we, we did everything that a, a college band should do. And when the time came for us to uh, part ways, we never parted ways as friends. Um, but That's when we good. did part ways, it was a matter of then me graduating to, uh, I wanted to play in bars and I wanted to play uh, more of my original material and I wanted to mm. write and I wanted to not just be 
in a band that was doing something for college kids, but I right. wanted to do the next level. The next level. Uh, so, so we started, uh, I, I formed another band at that point called Drums and Wires, which is named after an XTC album. Um, and we were playing a lot of Joe Jackson, The Clash, mm. um, new wave stuff, you know, at that right, point. Right, right. A big part of what I was listening to then. And we started landing some openers. We started doing openers uh, for the Red Hots, Red Hot Chili Peppers. We, uh, Faith No More, we opened for them. Um, Modern English came through town. We worked with them. Mm. Tony, Clary, Tony Carey and Planet P, they came through town. We worked with them. Cheap Trick, we worked with Cheap Trick. You know, so again, I was going where I wanted the music to take me. Right. Which at that time was, you know, I still I was living in East Lansing, mind you, after I graduated. I still I stayed in East Lansing for about a decade. I stayed there oh, until okay. it was time it was time to really leave. You know, and when it was time <laughs> to leave, that meant again, where's the next level? Where's my next college mm -hmm. of music or college of life supposed to take me? And from there I moved back to the Detroit area after a decade. And uh, continued, you know, but now without a band, I started doing solo acoustic dates mm -hmm. and I started working with Borders Books and Music. Okay, I do want to talk about that a little bit later. Um, okay. The whole the whole Borders. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Borders was excellent for me. That was an mm -hmm. ideal situation. It took me from Michigan all the way down south uh, through Atlanta, uh, down to Florida and back again. You know, wow. and I was doing it with golf clubs and an RV. <laughs> wow. What else? I was living the life. I was yeah, living I mean, the life. <laughs> I mean, so, 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 <laughs> look, so, 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 so let's, so let's do this. How did the Borders thing come about? What led to uh, the Borders tour? I call it the Borders tour. What led to that? Borders came about because my bass player, Joe Hayden, played in another group called Soul Click, and they had played at Borders. I didn't realize that Borders had music. Uh, I'd never been in a Borders location at that time, and when I found out that they were bringing in music, I said, Joe, they're bringing He says, oh, yeah, we played last night. It was fantastic. I said, who booked you? He told me the manager's name. I called her instantly. I said, Hi. Um, my good friend and work colleague, Joe Hayden, tells, tells me that uh, he just performed at the Borders location uh, in Rochester, Michigan. So um, I would like to play there as well. So can we get our calendars out and let's take a look and let's get something booked right now. Mm. And I was, I was moving and talking so fast. <laughs> she says, uh, all right. Okay. Well, sure. Uh, how uh, how about uh, two weeks from now? And I said, great. We'll see you then. And I mm. sent her a little press kit. I had a little press kit that I'd put together and a cassette with a couple of songs on it, little demo songs. And uh, went in and did the date, and it went well. Um, we didn't have any draw, but the people that happened to be in the store enjoyed it. And I had enough sense to burned a few cds i had about four or five cds with me mm -hmm. you know a little indie little indie product that i put together and i sold them and i said hey this is i said i'm, I'm on to something here and not only that but when we finished that date when i finished the date i said to the manager i said where's the next closest border 
location mm. to eat. She said, oh, well, that would be the one that's uh, over here by the Oakland Mall. I said, who manages that? She says, oh, well, that would be my friend Debbie. I said, great, give me her number. <laughs> I got right <laughs> on the phone with Debbie. And I said, listen, I just finished working, and I'm here. I'm still here in the Borders location, and it went fantastic. Listen, um, I was told to talk to you, and we need to book the date. Can we get our calendars out and do it right now? I ended up doing this for the entire state of Michigan, all of mm. Ohio, mm. all of Illinois, all of Indiana. And then I said, all right, let's take it down south. So I brought the whole thing down south uh, and then worked my way back to Michigan again. So that was, mm. I was very proud of that. Yes. <laughs> I you know, I, I, th I think for anybody who, who's watching and for those who are going to watch afterwards, that's a very that's important, very important lesson, for them, lesson for them. Oh, yeah. That, that, that. that there are opportunities that exist outside of what you think may currently exist. You just have to to find those opportunities, create those opportunities if you need to create it. But I love the yep. fact how you were on your you were on your sales game and at the oh, very yeah. beginning, right? Oh, and I, and I, love, I love what you said. I love what you said. Hey, you called him up. You were like, hey, hi, yes. <laughs> you know, I, my good colleague and I. And he just performed there and. Hey, he said I should talk directly to you, right? And so, so, and so you, so, so, so I used to teach sales a long time ago okay. at various different organizations across the country, and okay. so that's how that's literally really how you do it, yeah. Because you yeah. because you made her feel valued and important. He said I should talk to you, that you're mm -hmm. the one that makes the decisions, that you're the one that's in charge. He mm -hmm. said I need to come to you because you can make this happen, and it's like. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's me. I, yes, let's do it right now. I love you. See, let's get the calendar out right now and let's book it. Let's you know? do it. It, it was. It let's couldn't be it. anything but a success. It couldn't be anything mm -hmm. other than success. And I was so thankful. Uh, by the time I got to the tenth show or so, I said, "You know what? Let me go back and burn thirty or forty CDs. Pack those." Put them right. in, and then and then by the time I got to that next date, I said, listen, uh, we've done about 20 borders dates so far. Um, I said, it's a part of my contract now. It's stipulated in the contract that you have to buy 10. You must buy 10 of these CDs that you own yourself now. Mm. And I said, and I also need a what they had a, a bink number, which is kind of like a skew, you know, a skew okay. number. Mm -hmm. a little, uh, and so I said, uh, and I'm going to need a bank number. So please, uh, if you can call corporate and get my bank number together, I'm happy to pay for it. I was in business, buddy. I was in business. <laughs> that that is, you know, and 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 I love that uh, because that is the mentality that people need to have when they are working in this this industry. This industry, you know, I'll, in one of the videos that I did a while a while ago, I said, you know. No record company is going to come swoop in and save you and rescue you like a knight in shining armor, like a prince on a white horse and kind of give you a record deal that's going to make you the biggest star in the world. Like you have to really work at it and you have to forge your way into this music industry if you want it to be what you want it to be yep. and turn out the way you want it to turn out. Carve it out and write your own ticket, whatever it is that you want. And I was also, I was very good because I was young enough and impressionable, I watched all those around me that were more professional and how they were running their bands and how they were mm. running their band business. Um, I learned a lot also. There was a group from Michigan 
called the Verve Pipe. They ended up having a, a number one tune uh, at one given point, a uh, rock tune called the Freshman. But what was in, what was fantastic about the Verve Pipe and uh, Brian Vanderark, the, the leader of the group, they had become such a popular band in East Lansing that, and they mm. it was a phenomenon. It was like the Beatles or something, you know, it was, it felt like that <laughs> for, for our little town. I mean, out of nowhere, this band just popped up and they were selling out the largest club, you know, three or four nights in a row with lines around the corner. And when it became time for them to shop the record deal, they didn't have to shop so much because they were selling enough right. product that it became very obvious that the record label, they wanted to have a piece of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a, a college band that's selling out a, a room that uh, had a probably a maximum of 200 people, 300 people, and you've got a, a line out around the corner, and they're, they're playing the next four or five nights like this, and each night they're selling so much product. When it was time for the right. record deal, they said to RCA, you need us more than we need you mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're already making the money nightly. Uh, mm-hmm. as far as their business went. But I watched, and I thought that was very clever of them to be able to kind of write their own ticket with RCA. Right. Very, yep, yep. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing that those same opportunities is, exist today. Oh, yeah. Those same sure? type of opportunities exist today for people to to take advantage of those same type of opportunities and to create their own leverage with the record companies. Not only that, mm-hmm. but you're a living proof of that. You, this program that you've put together here, you have carved this out, and you've made this yours. I have. So, you know, yes, you're doing, you <laughs> doing the same thing. You said, look, I'm going to make something happen here, and here it is. You know, That's you're, right. You're living proof of it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, so, so I guess from early on, you had a, um, a do-it-yourself kind of attitude. Do it yourself yep. mentality. So, what what kind of really sparked that development in yourself to, uh, you know, for that type of mindset? I wanted to be involved in music, and I it didn't matter how long it took to practice and how long it took to learn and how embarrassing it might have been when I didn't know how to tune a guitar or when I didn't know how to play the song properly. It was for me. Hey, this is a part of getting me where I want to go with this. So you just keep you just you just keep at it. You never stop learning and you never feel embarrassed enough to the point where you go, oh well, I tried and it just didn't work out. For me it was always like, hey, there's always tomorrow. We'll start again tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's so important because this industry will it will make you want to give up. Because oh yeah. It, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's it will make you want to give up because as soon as you hear that first no, that second no, you're like, oh okay, I guess I'm not, you know, really cut out for it, and and, and that's why I mentioned resiliency in in that case because there's there's adversity. There's going to be many times that the record labels say no, or A and R say no, or managers say no, or venues say no, and you got to be oh, resilient yeah. in the face of that. Hmm. Yes. I mean, so what? So. No, go ahead. I guess uh, to to also add uh, to supplement, uh, you'd ask the question. Um, I I had that in me since I was young. Uh, 
um, when I wanted to go to work, and I lived with my grandmother at this point in time. My parents were on the road, and they were building mm -hmm. their careers, and I stayed home with my grandmother. And when I was seven, I decided it was time for me to go to work because I, I just I wanted to work, right? I wanted to work, and it didn't matter. I was, hey, I got to get a job. I must have a job. Paper route. And my, my grandmother, she said, hey, if you can get a job, then I guess it is time. And her, she didn't, I don't think that she really thought that I could get one, but she didn't know the tenacity and how right. hard-headed I was. So I said, all right, I want a paper job. I want a, a paper boy job. I'm going to sell the, the Detroit Free Press, which comes out, That's they right. deliver those things at, at, at 4 a.m. in the morning. I hadn't given much thought to, you know, a lot of, you know, things like what time they're going to deliver the paper and can I get them done and get to class on time. But I just wanted the job. So my tenacity, I called the Detroit Free Press and I said, yes, uh, good afternoon. Uh, I would like to be a paper boy. And the woman <laughs> said, well, okay, well, yes. And then and, and what is your name? I said, well, my name is Theodore. And she said, and how old are you, Theodore? I said, well, I'm, I'm seven. She said, well, I, I think you're probably a little young. I don't think that <laughs> I said, okay, no problem. Thank you for taking the call. And I hung up the phone. I called right back. I called right the same number. I, called the same number. I said, yes, good afternoon. I would like a job as paperboy, please. She said, and, and who is this? I said, this is Ted. And she said, how old are you, Ted? I said, I'm eight. And I pushed the number up one. <laughs> Said, uh, well, you still, you know, I don't think we can uh, hire anybody, you know, that's that young. But I said, no, no worries. Thank you, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. And I called right back again. I said, yes, good afternoon. Um, I would like a job as paper boy. And she said, who is it? I said, this is Teddy. She said, how old are you? Nah. I said, how old do I? How old do I have to be to get this job? <laughs> right. <laughs> And how she said, okay. She said, right. okay, I can see this is going to go on all day. You have the job. You got it. We'll see you in yeah. the morning with the papers. See? I, was, I, was willing, I was willing to sit there all day and call back, and whatever it took, we're going to be here until mm. we get this together. We will be here until we get this together. That's right. Yeah. It's, I love that. It's whatever, it's whatever it takes to – because I was a paperboard too, so I, I know. I know yeah. how, you know, the getting up early in the morning and – the, you know, wrapping the newspapers up and, you know, checking out your route and, oh, trust me, I know. And making sure I got my stuff ready on my bike. <laughs> on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah, right. And oh, then you got to go, then you gotta go the collect. Yep. And then you got to go. You, but I, you know, I collect I, the money for the paper. Right, right. And That's some right. people are like, hey, I'll catch you next week. I said, no, no, you got to like, no. catch me. <laughs> At, look, at that moment, you become the um, what? What are, what are the guys known for the uh, for the loan sharks that go to enforcer? The, the enforcer. <laughs> you become the enforcer. No, I'm sorry, but that's not going to work. You, I must have the payment now for the paper. Uh, nope. Yeah, you become you become a little eight year old enforcer <laughs> trying to collect your. <laughs> yes, yeah, trust me, I know. I know how that works. So, you know, I mean, but the, even in that, the lesson behind it is the fact that. You have to do what it takes and, and not even in just music in life. You know, if you oh, really yeah. want it, you got to go after it. Nothing's going to nothing is going to come to you and fall in your lap. And it's like, oh, well, here it is. I made it. 
No, you got to go after what you really what you really want. Yeah, that's yep. hands down. Yep. So I'm, I'm still. We're both living that today. We're living that dream. We're li- we're living that dream today. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So so Teddy, for you, so what what was what would you describe as the most important period in your life? Wow, most important period in my life. I think probably the most important period in my life uh, would have been uh, father and son period. Uh, when I was probably 12, between 12 and 20. And the time that I spent with my father, I would say that that's probably the most important period in my life. And the reason being, uh, that was a time that I was still young enough and impressionable enough to listen and and understand the the tutelage that he was offering and it allowed us also by the time we got around the time i was 20 he became less of a father and more of a friend but all the while that entire time he was always teaching and and grooming me for for adulthood so i would say that that was probably the most important time um the the greatest rules of life that I learned came during that time frame. Um, and some of the things that I'm still reaping the benefit of as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, be- because I was able to be receptive because I didn't get too full of myself as a youngster, but I still understood, you know, be quiet and listen to your father. He has something to offer. <laughs> right. And You know, once I came around to that way of thinking, the whole world opened up mm. um, as a youngster though you know prior to that a lot of kids you know we feel like we we know it we feel like you know right. it all and yep. your parents are square and they don't know anything what are you talking about you don't know nothing yep. mm-hmm. on, you know uh, and there's very little under the sun that my father didn't know or that your father didn't know and it's just a matter of saying all right let me just humble myself to listen to this this guy over here he's gonna tell me something good and he would always say, son, I wouldn't tell you if it wasn't important. I wouldn't even bother telling you, you know, and you can trust right. whatever I'm telling you. It's 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 for your betterment. You know? And so mm. I, I learned, you know, from the time uh, from about 12, 15 years old until 20, very important time frame for me. Uh, and I learned very much how to conduct myself uh, as an adult. I learned how to uh, respect the world, the business, the music, the things that were, you know, that are still important to me and will always be important to me. Um, I learned these things, you know, because of that time that I spent with my father. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that the, the Lord allowed us to to get to that point because some fathers and sons don't get there. Right. Some you know, and, and yeah, and that's the thing. And I've said this many times on 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 this segment, anyways. The fact that my father and I never never had that, and so you know, we never had that ability for him to pour into my life and give me that give me that advice. Whatever the reasons that live behind it, I know a lot of young men find themselves in that type of situation. But when that was my situation, I was like, okay, that's not going to happen to my kids. They're not going to grow up without a dad in their life that can pour into them. Now, All right. I, I will say it's kind of what you what you said, right? We're being transparent. It's kind of what you said is that receptivity, 
Yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a lot of youngsters in 2020, 2022 are receptive, <laughs> are receptive to. Shame like, too, because the world would be like, a better place if they would listen. If they like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Mom, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and that's the fact that we, we, we do. Um, you know, like we have so, and I, we say this to our kids all the time. My wife and I have so much combined experience. It'll, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll blow their socks away. You know, we always <laughs> tell them, we always tell them, we have grown adults right. that own Fortune, you know, 150 companies who listen will listen to the advice that we give them. But y'all won't listen okay. to the advice we give y'all. Y'all, what? Okay. So like, we'll just go make them successful. We'll make them successful. I mean, but trust me, but I get it. I get it. Like, I'm with my parents all the time. So, like, oh my gosh, you're constantly telling me stuff about life in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me a break, mm-hmm. right? And plus, my kids were homeschooled, so so not oh, okay. only wow. so not only was oh, my admirable. wife there, yeah, not only was it's all the admiration goes to my wife because she was more the the homeschool um, facilitator, and my job had me on the road okay. for much of their youth. So, um, I recently came home in 2018 with no more travel. Like that was it. No more travel. But by the time 2018 rolled around, they were 16 and like 19. And it was like, hey, y'all almost grown. (laughs) By the time, you know, I stopped officially traveling. Um, And so, you know, all the admiration goes to her for for the homeschooling. But I get it because, okay, I listen to you in homeschool. Then I got to listen to you outside of homeschool. Then I got to be with you again in homeschool. And it's like, oh, man. You know, but those type of environments are the best type of environments to really cultivate the youth to be successful. To I mean, because she's pouring into them and she cares about their knowledge and uh, their growth and their development, so that they can be better than what we've ever what we've ever been. And so, you know, well, if they're you listening, <laughs> if <awesome>. they're listening, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, you know. But it goes back to that, right? It goes back to that receptivity and people have to be receptive. So so let me go back and ask you this. Do you think that it was the the time that you grew up in that warranted your ability to humble yourself and listen to your father in that capacity? No, I think that no matter what time, it, it would have been the same thing. If I were a young man today, I think that I would have still responded the same. It was just the way that I had been molded. Mm. I think that... It, you know, if it was if it had been 1950s, it would have been the same. If it was 1990s, it would have been the same. Uh, mm-hmm. I was molded that way, and my my, my dad was very uh, clever into never be overbearing. Mm. Because if he had been too overbearing, I'd have said, "Oh, I I, I don't care what you're saying. I'm gonna mm. do what I'm." You know, and he would have lost mm. me. And I was hard headed, so I would have really gone off the deep end. So he had to really find a way to balance being, you know, the, uh, you know, the the father and the person that was, uh, you know, the mentor and, uh, and it would have been the same, you know, because he had a a good, he had a good ability, you know, for balancing. He had a great balancing act. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. People need that in their lives. Um, One, to not be overbearing, but two, to have that good balancing act. Uh, so that you know the young younger generation are more receptive to 
what we as the older generation, I guess, quote unquote, older generation, right? I'm not that old. I was born in seventy. I was born in seventy four, so I'm not. <laughs> elder. I said a what? <laughs> but apparently, that's the word now. Yeah. Right. Or, 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 or they call you unk. Or they call you unk. <laughs> unk. Yeah. Wow. Once they call you, once they call you uncle, uncle, then he's like, oh, I really am old. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. Okay. So. Yeah. So 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 let's let's start talking about um, let's start talking about your music career uh, because right. it is an expansive music career. And you've I've had been, a very, you've been very successful in the past thirty years of your music career. So, so for you, uh, why was it important for you to forge your own path in this music industry? Well, again, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I had been taught that you must, you know, if you're going to be a man, you have to handle yourself, and this is your name. And you must be responsible, you know, as your own person. You can't uh, ride your mother's coattails. You can't ride your father's coattails. You're going to have to handle yourself and handle your business and be your own person. I was taught that from a very early age. So it was very crucial for me to live up to that. Um, one of my dad's uh, favorite sayings was, if you're looking for a helping hand, you your best place to start is by looking at the end of your wrist. So um, I was raised with that kind of mentality. And I understand exactly what he's saying. You know, if you're going to be a, a grown, responsible adult, it's difficult to do that if you're hiding under someone's shadow or if you're mm. riding someone's coattail or if you're not cleaning up your mess behind you. you know, in order to, to stand firmly as a man, you've got to, here's who I am and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And you have to carry yourself with that attitude into your adulthood through your entire life. Otherwise, the world's going to run all over you. <laughs> and you'll be disrespected without, sometimes you don't even know when people are disrespecting you, mm. unless you unless you are holding yourself correctly. That's and then right. it's very clear to say, hey, I get it. This is me right here, and I know if you're, if the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, mm. it's very easy yeah. to, uh, to understand that when you've been, you know, when you've been briefed and correctly <laughs> organized. That's right. You know, and, and I think a lot of a lot of people sometimes uh, kind of go back to that same analogy I use, where they think somebody's going to come in and swoop them up, and mm. they're not. They're not really doing it on their own their own laurels themselves, right? They're just sitting on their laurels, right? I remember hearing my grandmother say, you're just sitting on your laurels. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, and so, and, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's critically important, you know, especially for you, you you've had a successful career and I'll get into to, to some of the people that you've been working with because I'm interested in hearing your perspectives on uh, your experience okay. working with them. Uh, sure. You have to forge your own path to be respected in this industry so that when people look at you they go that's that's the guy and they don't go oh you know that's the uh you know jim the manager is the one who <laughs> made that person and it's like no jim the manager didn't make me um and i you know and and for anybody that's out there you want that to be you want your name uh yourself to carry its weight when you walk into the room you want oh that's brian oh 
That's Teddy. Not and be respected oh, you know, for the and, right reason to be respected, be respected for the for right, the right reasons. Yep, that's right. Yep, yeah, for the right yep. reasons. So, okay, so I'm interested in learning. How did you get the name, the Duke of Song? <laughs> like how do like the Duke, now, 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 now wait wait now I know yes. I don't know if anybody have ever heard of the Duke of Earl, right? You remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do, 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 yeah, that was. Well. <laughs> you know, but, but wait how, a minute. How did you get, Let yeah. me ask you about that. Sure. Either you're a duke or an earl. How are you the duke of earl? Of earl, yes. yeah, because those you're are the two. president of you're the president of governor. You know, right? Because <laughs> those are two royal titles. Right. You know, how right. can you be the duke of earl? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm the governor of president of mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's you. No, you're right. I mean, those are royalty titles, and I think. <laughs> If I remember correctly, is a duke above an earl? Or earl? Uh, it's one of the, I think a duke is above not, an earl. Yeah, I'm not sure which one as as those. I'm not sure which one's the the higher. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you what they're not. Right. They, they ain't the king and, or the queen. But but, but I'm, I'd like I would have loved to speak to to spoke to have spoken with Gene Chandler. That was his song, mm-hmm. Duke of Earl. Duke, right. you know, say you say Gene. How can you be the Duke of Earl? You you got to be either the Earl or you the, the Duke. Which one are you? Which one are you, Gene? <laughs> That's right. Come you on, let's be work one this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but anyhow, the the Duke of Song um, is a uh, is a title that was uh, passed along to me because of my love for music and because I I'm an audiophile. For starters, and I, I can sit. I can talk music from from any genre, from from Abel, from Abba to Zappa, um, and I'm, I'm I'm a great lover of music. Uh, I pride myself that I know probably more lyrics and maintain this data for some reason. Uh, all these years into my career, um, and I also have an extensive, extensive. And when I say extensive, I'm, I'm talking, you know, like eight thousand albums and i've got probably three or four thousand cassettes and probably four or five hundred reel to reels and um i love music i've always loved music and then for me oh here uh, somebody's saying duke is higher chris yes. chris Vaughn, duke yes is that is, right. that is that is where all the admiration lies right there and that ah, and that woman who just chimed in so. All right. Thank you for that info, Chris. Uh, but yes, my, the, the title comes from me immersing myself and, and embracing music on every level at every turn. And any anything that you can think of that has something to do with music, I've been a part of it and I'm deeply involved in it. And I've, I, it's a love affair that will never, ever fade. Hmm. Um, I love music more, uh, more than most people would would realize that a person could actually, you know, have that much concern uh, for for song and for lyric and for writing mm-hmm. and for production and for the history of music and uh, you know, for me, it's 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 like another it's another form of education. My wife is a a, a big uh, fan of Jamaican music and reggae and Mentos music. So I'm learning all that now. I'm learning about all that good stuff and everything from the island and all the, the Mentos groups. And, of course, everybody knows Bob Marley. Uh, yep. so, but it's bigger. You know, he's, he was the one that, that allowed the world to, 
pay attention to it. But right. all the other people uh, that, that are also a part of that. So I'm enjoying that now. Um, I'm learning more about jazz music. Um, and, you know, so there's mm. always something more. You know, at every turn, there's a new horizon with music. And so for me, I'm the Duke. You're the Duke. <laughs> and, and I've had an opportunity. I've been blessed and I've been able to play uh, on stage and to accompany some of the greats of the world, um, which is another wonderful blessing that I'm thankful mm -hmm. that I've been able to, to, to achieve, you know, to, to have stood on a stage and performed with Natalie Cole and with, uh, with James Brown and with Al Green and to play guitar with, uh, you know, Simply Red and to work with Andrew Ferris of NXS and to write with uh, Natalie uh, Natalie Merchant's guitar player Gabriel Gordon. He and I have tracks on the new record, and mm. uh, you know to to share stage with these people and to to work intimately with them and to learn again more about the craft, learning more about the craft, and to be a part of that that circle and to work with Red Hot Chili Peppers and to work with Faith right. No More and to. Uh, you know, in in mid in middle school to to play at our potluck dinner and do Chicago songs and mm. to uh, you know to you know to to work with Carol King and you know so I just I've been very very blessed you know over the years. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Levy, uh, what's her name? Um, 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 Marcy Levy, you know, who's from Oak Park mm -hmm. where I grew up, in Michigan. Um, to, to have been able to rub shoulders with her. Um, Don Was, who's also from our town there. And uh, most folks also don't know it, uh, to be able to rug, rub shoulders with uh, uh, the late um, Doug Figer from the neck. Mm -hmm. You know, this is all Oak Park, Michigan people. These are, mm -hmm. you know, we were all right around the corner from one another. Um, so, you know, to be the Duke is 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 that's who I am. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah, that's 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 good. That's good. You know, because it allows me to be the ambassador as well. You know, the ambassador. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I, I, and, and and she's right. Duke Duke is higher, so you're pretty much the ambassador of 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 music. You know, it was it was interesting to hear about how many uh, records you actually have and how many cassette tapes. Uh, and not oh, even just yeah. that, but but real to real. Oh yeah, that you have. You know, most I'm people today don't even know what a real to real is. I'm working. I don't know if you can see this in the shot here. I'll do the best that I can to pull it, turn it around. No, we can't see it. Uh, let's see without me ruining here. Uh, this is oh, an yeah. old Sony radio, right old uh, TC two fifty five. Um, I'm in mm. the middle of uh, most of the time during the day now. Um, my father owned a uh, large music catalog, and all of these songs that were, you know, I've got all the, the lead sheets, and I've got all these masters, and so wow. I'm digitizing all day long. You know, right here, oh, this yeah. is uh, Prophet Jones, which was kind of an interesting album. Uh, but he, uh, he owned a lot of music that uh, he wrote for the Dynamics and uh, Mustang Sally and uh, a lot of stuff with, uh, oh goodness, I did a lot of work with uh, uh, 
well, let's see. We knew him as Bonnie, um, but his, his, his stage, honey, Mac, Mac Rice. You know, we know him as oh. Bonnie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, so, and I've been digitizing a lot of that stuff over the last mm. year. Again, you know, this is, and this was the machine that was in our house when I was a kid. So, um, you know, and I'm working on this stuff, you know, diligently while I'm also right. multitasking, right. recording tracks for my new record. That's right. Um, That's right. Um, looking to uh, to always find new projects. You know, um, mm. I did a wonderful thing with Folgers Coffee a few years back. I'm looking to do another national ad. We did a lot of work with Biden when he was still running for his current situation. Uh, we ended up doing some work with the Biden campaign. Right. It's the Duke. That's what it's I do. The Duke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like I said, you, you've had a long, a long history, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of, of, of um, just value that that you have in this music industry itself uh, in front of people that you work with. Right. And so like even groups like 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 Chic. And so oh, yeah. I have an I have an acquaintance. Yeah, I have an acquaintance. Um, he's an acquaintance of mine whose father was Bernard Edwards. <laughs> oh, and so wow. having a Boy, acquaintance them, they, he right. loved he loved him he loved bernard so much man yep yeah yeah and so so having an acquaintance who lives out in california name now nah, california by the name of bernard edwards who's bernard edwards son uh who okay. does music with who does music with dr dre and kendra lamar and all, uh, beyonce and all those people that are out there um wow okay yeah so so he and i had a, yeah he and i had a conversation when i found out that his uh, who his father was, and I was like, you know, I have a I have a cousin who was in the Temptations. Oh, he I mean, he's no longer here, but he was in the Temptations, uh, which is Dennis Edwards. And so, oh, okay, yeah. and he was Again, like, yeah, he's out. He said, I think we're related to Dennis, Dennis Edwards somehow. I was like, well, if that is the case, then me and you related somehow. But, <laughs> um. <laughs> but we never we never we never really took it that far to kind of figure out if uh his father and dennis edwards were really related in, in that in that capacity but uh i just thought it was interesting uh when i met him how we started that conversation off in in that regard so but yeah dennis yeah could so sing. Dennis could sing he could sing no no, could no, sing. no 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 like I, like I have people tell me he could sing right <laughs> he, could, he could sing i was like okay yeah he could, yeah, he dennis could sing no joke it was, was no, no joke. joke. No joke. No joke. Okay, so so this was one of the things that I wanted to talk about that we have in common. So how did you end up in how did you end up in Germany? Germany. Um, mm-hmm. Germany was uh, it, it. I had no idea that Germany was going to take on as much general uh, goodness as it did. Uh, Germany started out because. As the guitar player in the Aretha Franklin group, I was in Texas. We were doing a date in Texas, and uh, in Dallas, and this, this German fellow uh, is sticking around after the show. I was still on stage. The show was over. I was removing my pedal board, and my, my my gear, you know, my cords and things. And this guy, he says, uh, 
Uh, yes, hi. Uh, yes, my name is is Ludwig, and I I've come over here to uh, to interview um, the people of the Aretha Group. And uh, if you would uh, be so kind as to speak with me, I would love to uh, take this information back. And I'm a journalist, and I have many outlets that will have newspapers and that will tell your story. And I said to myself, Well, okay, um, why not? I said, please give me a few minutes. I'll get the rest of my gear off the stage. I went down and I talked with him. I said, listen, what are the chances? Uh, do, you, do you guys, do you have a lot of people from the States that, uh, that come overseas to perform? He says, yes, yes. I said, well, do you know, you know, any record labels or people that might be interested in, you know, looking at some, some, some new talent? He says, yes, I know some people. And I said, well, let's do our interview and let's stay in contact and let's see what we can work out. We did the interview and uh, we exchanged business cards. And about, oh, a month or so later, he emailed and said what a pleasure it was to meet him. And uh, he was taking the interview and he had it in a, uh, a Baptist newspaper and there was also a local paper in uh, Hamburg that had picked up the story and um, I responded to him that's great listen you know can we get some shows together I said I'd love to come over and perform in Germany because I'd heard good things mm -hmm. about Europe I had wonderful things about Europe and I was just looking for an, an avenue and an opportunity to go and he says let me work on it and maybe a month or so later he says okay I have 10 performances. We have a performance in the Baptist church and we have three or four performances in what's called uh, Schleswig Holstein, which is way out in the country. You know, mm -hmm. you, you know, oh, I live, I live way out in the country. <laughs> you know, so we're out here with the goats and the sheep, mm -hmm. but we will, you know, but nonetheless, I went over and I, I said, this is a good adventure. And I had worked enough in Michigan and I'd worked enough with the borders thing. And I wanted to see what else I could accomplish. And so we were doing these little one-nighters in these places. And um, strangely enough, then after like the fourth or fifth show, he says, uh, an hour away, we're on our way to, um, I forget the city now. Um, we're on the road. It's probably 1130 or maybe midnight. He says, we have to make one stop. We must pick up someone else that's going with us to our next destination. I said, great. Um, and the person that we had to stop and pick up was Lamont Dozier, <laughs> a songwriter from, you know, from Motown. Uh, right. You know, Holland, yes. Dozier, Holland. And so in the middle of the night, Lamont Dozier gets in the car with us. <laughs> and I'm just blown away. I'm blown away. I said, Wow. I, you know, and, and it didn't make any sense. The whole thing didn't mm. make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. And we were on our way to <clears throat> to do a festival, and Lamont was uh, singing a lot of the the big hits that he had done for Motown. A lot of stuff that he had written for for Motown. He's over there performing. Um, so that was how Germany started. Um, I went back probably a month or two later, you know, for my second visit. And I had enough sense, again, you know, to think with my business mind. I took 40 or 50 CDs. I had a whole one, one suitcase with clothes, the other suitcase with CDs. And I said, I'm going to sell this stuff. I'm, I'm going to make this thing happen over here. 
And so every night after the show, you know, I'd set up a little table, a little foldable chair, and got a Sharpie. And uh, we'd sit there and sign the, you know, do the little meet and greet and sell a couple of CDs. And it started to pick up a little momentum. And I said, Ludwig, you know, let's get some record labels over here to see these shows. He invited them out to, of all things, the performance at a church. Mm. And which is, I was very uncomfortable because my music is not church music. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. Right. You don't want to be in the church and not do the right mm -hmm. thing. Um, but uh, the performance went fine. And afterwards, you've got a line. And again, like I was telling you about the verve pipe. Here I am at my meet and greet table. I've got maybe 50 or 60 people waiting to buy the CD and to shake hands and say hello. And the record label is standing right there watching all this. I said, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, I'll talk <laughs> with you when I get done. I got 60 people to deal with right now mm. at 12 bucks a pop, you know. <laughs> That's right. And uh, that was how I ended up signing in Germany. Mm. Wow. Skip Records. Yep. Yep, with Skip Records. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's awesome. You, you know, you never you never know where your career is going to take you and what places you're going to end up in. Uh, Correct. And I have I have a friend who uh, lives here in, in the States. He's in Chicago and he got signed to a Japanese uh, label. Okay. In Japan. Like, wow. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> wow. Like a, a Japanese label picked him up. Like, yeah, we want we want to help you with your career and, and your album. Um, I have a <laughs> I have a cousin who lives who lives over in Germany, uh, and he's a rapper. He's a rapper over in Germany. He was one of Germany's biggest rappers. Uh, okay. and he traveled all over the. His, his name is Crazy. Uh, he traveled all over the globe. I mean, all over Europe as a rapper in the in the eighties and nineties uh, over in Germany. <laughs> because because I remember being over in Germany. So I graduated high school in Germany. Um, oh. down in uh, yep over in Giesen, Giesen, Germany. Giesen, so I, I, I worked yep, in Giesen. In Giesen, I yep. I, yeah. I went to Giesen American High School right across the street from the military base. Husum uh, and Giesen, I remember both of it, those. Yep. Uh, and so um, we lived in a very small town, kind of like out in the boonies. I would walk to the bus stop and I would pass goats, literally actual real goats. Like, where, wow. where, like, where do we live? And so I lived in Kirchgoins. <laughs> Uh, Germany, which was uh, so Busbach, which was kind of like the major city where we were, was not too far from Frankfurt. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, Germany was amazing. I would love to go back uh, when the time is right to to go back, um, which I, I don't know when that is going to be. But um, yeah, Germany, I mean, I was a youth in Germany and I never been back as an adult. And so I know it's a different oh, experience as an adult versus being my a youth. My wife and I were there uh, two months ago. Oh. Uh, SWR, uh, we did a television uh, production that will be airing in, I think, two weeks, two or three weeks uh, throughout, you know, on SWR. Um, mm -hmm. Did that and one other festival down in, uh, honey? Baden Baden. Uh, no, but where was the festival? Allen, down in Allen, Germany. Was, okay. Uh, we, Allen Jazz Festival. Yep. Um, and 
Yeah, the TV production was in Baden-Baden. Um, and okay. we, it was such a lovely visit. I mean, the, the people, mm. as you know, you know, and they, they pulled out the, the red carpet for us, and it was just, it was so enchanting. You know, you fall in mm-hmm. love with it. That's right. <laughs> over there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my grandmother is from Southern Bavaria. And so oh. she's an actual Southern Bavarian born German. Wow. And I remember, wow. I remember hearing her speak German for the first time, and I didn't know what in the world I was listening to. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, what is this language that you're speaking? What is, what is, what is this? I don't, I don't get it." Was ist das? Was ist das? Yes, yes. Come and sit here, bitte, meine Kinder. Right? She will. I say all. I'm like, Grandma, what are you talking about? I don't understand the words you're saying. And so she will, of course, always speak to us in English. Um, but every time she was on the phone with her friends, she was speaking German. I'm like, Grandma, I don't know what you're saying. And it would sound to me as a young <laughs> kid, it sounded hilarious because I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, Grandma. It's, it's, a, it's the funniest thing I've heard. Uh, but, you know, spending time in Germany, I got to hear and actually living in a German community. Yeah. I got to hear and experience the culture of Germany because I didn't live on a military base or in military housing. Um, we lived in a German town surrounded by German people with a real German bakery down the street. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like, a, like a real one, right? Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it was it was it was a it was a great it was a great experience. And I know for you, uh you toured all over uh Germany uh and, and those different countries, uh, you know, with your music and things like that. Uh and 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 that must have been an experience. That must have been been a journey to 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 do that. Uh, you know, and again, it was it was a wonderful situation that I didn't. You couldn't have told me that there would be this much mileage and this much tie that I would have with the country, uh, just from that one meeting with uh, with mm. the person now who represents me, you know, in in Europe, um, and 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 again, learning, always learning, and figuring out a better way to present my music, and finding all kinds of avenues and you know we would have a lot of uh you know after the show there'd be a show after the show we started calling it because that's right so pumped up after the show so many people that still want to hear music um and i started doing a show after the show um we went over uh the original guitar player who worked with uh the world's most dangerous band the david letterman band um Mm. Uh, the guitar player, I'll call his name in a second here. It escapes me uh, at the moment. Oh, boy. Um, it'll come to me in a second. Anyhow, he and I did some some brief touring over there, and we started the show after the show. What was his name? Oh, my goodness. Um, here, let me drink. Right. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how I am? I'm always like, okay, wait a minute. Who Who is that? Uh, I'm, I am definitely looking stuff up. I'll call his name. I'm just I'm getting old, and it's hard to come up with these names sometimes. Uh, <laughs> bear with me as I look very quickly here. Well, uh, I mean, you know, for yourself, you've 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 done so much, and you work with so many different people. You know that it's hard to keep everybody's name. It's hard to keep everybody's name, and <laughs> yeah, I do the best I can. Every now and then, <laughs> one slips by me. Mm. Um, um no 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 that's that's not him um we'll come back to that how about we come back okay. to that sure 
Sure. Well, why, why are we doing that? I do have something I want to ask you about in excess. All right. And so with, All right, with, yeah. with, with Andrew, uh, Andrew Ferris. So how, yes. how did that relationship start? And what was the impact of that relationship on your music career? That was probably the turning point and probably the most key uh, situation that I've ever been involved in musically. It really, it changed everything that I thought I knew about music and it, it, it helped me grow as a producer. It helped me grow as a songwriter. Um, Andrew is such an endearing and genuine person. It, it restored a lot of my faith, you know, and, and not to not be jaded around uh, some of the people that can be in this industry. Uh, you know, he was just a breath of fresh air. He was, he's incredibly talented. Uh, he's very down to earth. You know, you can't ask for a better friend than, than Andrew. And, and music does not have a better friend than Andrew Ferris also. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because NXS put out some great stuff. Boy, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, I can recall, you know, when I first went over, and at that point uh, I was quite, I was more of a bar star, you know. I was playing mm -hmm. hard rock and, you know, in, in bars and, that's what I did, you know. That's what I was doing, and I was good, and I enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was it. I thought that this is the pinnacle. This is all I need to be doing, and let's just keep doing it and keep carving out my personality with it. And I started working with Andrew. I went over, um, and it was it was kind of the, the 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 whole deal came together so casually that I said, "This can't be." what it seems like it can't be mm. um i had a friend who uh who had been buddies with 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 the nxs band for quite a while and uh i had kind of gotten disenchanted with with playing and i had a couple of real bad fallouts you know while i was working mm. i'd gotten to the point i said you know what i don't need to do this i got a degree uh, two degrees you know I, I can go work anywhere and not have you know barroom brawls in the middle of the night with these folks that can't count to ten, you know? mm. and I'd kind of thrown in the towel. I said, "That's it, you know. I'm tired of this. This is BS. This is not happening, and I'm not enjoying myself. And this is not why I signed on to do music." Mm. Uh, I'd given up. <clears throat> I'd come home from two really bad shows right after Christmas, and decided it was time to sell the gear. And go get a job, you know, which I had done many times before. I had no problem with it. And my buddy calls up and says, hey, NXS is playing tonight. They're at the at uh, Pontiac Silverdome. And the Silverdome holds about forty or 50,000 people. You know, they, big football games and large things take place at the Silverdome. He says, oh, you know, in my, you know, I know, the, I know the guys from NXS, and maybe they can help you with your career. I said, well day late and a dollar short you know i'm not i'm not interested i'm ready to go home he says oh you should really think about this man you know the guy andrew you know he's a really good songwriter and he'd love to meet you i was talking with him about you and this might be a good thing for you i said no i don't think so i really don't and i don't even like in excess as a band i don't like their music so <laughs> it was just kind of <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I knew a you know a handful of their songs. Right. I'd been in bands, 
but you know, it wasn't really what I wanted to do musically. And again, my, my sphere of, of thinking was limited at that time. Um, I didn't go. I did not go to meet the band that day, and wow. I got a call uh, the following day from my buddy saying, Ted, you know, they're playing tomorrow night, man. You know, we need to go. You really should think about this and get over there. I said, no, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I just really don't think that that's for me, but I appreciate, you know, you offering and, uh, you know, but, but thanks, but no thanks. Third day, he called and said, oh, you should have gone, you know, it was a great concert and they were asking about you and they really, you know, I think Andrew can help you. I'm sure that he can, I started, it started, you know, dawn on me. Maybe I'm being a little short-sighted here. Mm. And I said, all right. I said, okay. So I got my little press kit together again, you know, the most recent little photo that I had and a little bio and again, a little cassette with a couple, two, three songs that I'd cut and did little little business cards I put together. And I, I called and I said, all right, I tell you what, man, let's, let's go see him. Where are they tonight? He says, oh, well, you know, now that's a three hour drive. I said, well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. You know, so we got in the car and we drove up to Ferris State University, which is funny because his name is Ferris and Ferris, right? Ferris. <laughs> uh, so we, we drove up there, and I didn't expect much of it, honestly. You know, because they were at the top of uh, top of their game at that point. You know, number one band in the world, and you know, Live Baby Live was doing well, and MTV was mm -hmm. you know all over them. And I said, you didn't have time for all this trying to work with me you know he's he's busy being a millionaire you know and being a rock star but nonetheless i, I took my little press kit and I, I was able to give it to him after the show and he says all right great thank you very much you know um the tour is done in about a week and i'll, I'll get in touch with you i'll give you a call and i said okay that's the brush off right there I'm never going to hear from that man again. You just drove three hours. Every, ever. You know, I'm never going to hear from him. But I'll be darned. You know, about two or three weeks later, he called and left a voicemail, and he was true to his word. And uh, he says, hey, you know, and he was so humble. He says, hey, uh, this is uh, Andy. I play in this group in excess. You might remember we had a chance to meet. You know, I said, wow, this guy is really humble. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, okay, you know, I listened to the message and he says, well, if you have any time or if you have any interest, please give me a call back and I'd love to talk with you about what we were talking about that night. I said, all right, I'll call back. But I figure I'm going to call back and this is going to be NXS.com or NXS Central right. or, you know, and they're going to try and sell me some NXS swag or something. You know, there's not going to be anything in this for me, other than i just been had, you know. So I called the number back, you know, on my own dime call in England, and a woman answers, and she says, hello. I said, yes, Andrew Ferris, please. And she says, well, he's out buying groceries right now, but he'll be home in about 15 minutes. I said, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and he called back about 20 minutes later, and the rest, as they say, became history, you know, 12 mm -hmm. songs later. You know, and that really was that made such a, a an impression on me that's indelible. You know, working with mm -hmm. Andrew uh, was one of the, the the 
highlights of my musical life and learning. And a lot of that material is going to be on the next record. A lot of mm. the songs have not seen the light of day since the demos that we put together. Right. Right. So, so talk about that. Right. So talk. So you are coming out with a, with a new album. Yes. So when is, I, I guess I always ask, what's the name of the album and when does the album drop? <laughs> Solitaire, and we're shooting for March the 25th, which is both mm. of my parents' birthdays, and it seems oh, wow. like perfect. You know, they're 10 years apart, um, but to the day, they're both born on uh, on March 25th, so it uh, seems well, like a good day to shoot for. That'll be a, that's a great day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great day to honor your parents on on that day with by dropping an album. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've been uh, cutting a lot of the tracks. I have a studio. I'm, I'm in my studio right now. Um, right behind me is the ISO booth. You might be able to see that from here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the area where I am now, this is, um, well, where this reel-to-reel is, is kind of in between. And uh, this is where all the mixing takes place. Uh, I move all the gear over to this area here for recording purposes. I got the most lovely view in the world outside of my window if I ever choose to look at it. Um, hibiscus have just started to uh, to bloom down here in Florida. Mm. And uh, skies are blue. And, uh, and the weather's great. Weather's getting warm. <laughs> good inspiration for my wife and I to sit and work, you know, and we spend right. a lot of time in the room here. That's um, right. Yeah, you know, and it's wow. a good record. I'm very, very proud of this album that we're putting together. I have uh, an Aretha song that I've cut. You know, I, I've covered uh, the song Until You Come Back to Me, uh, which mm. is one of her early hits from the 70s. Stevie Wonder wrote it. Oh, okay. Um, and then we've got Andrew Ferris material on there. And then there's a track that I uh, wrote with Gabriel Gordon, Natalie Merchant's guitar player. Uh, there's a track that I wrote with um, uh, Carlos Alomar. Uh, David Bowie's guitars. He and I have a song mm. on here also. Uh, so it's a well-traveled album. It's a well-traveled album. <laughs> I see. So, so March 25th, everyone, is the date to check out this album. Um, uh, yeah. So so make sure you support. Make sure you go listen. Make sure you buy the album uh, and support yes. Teddy and, and his endeavors uh, and his career as well. So, So, Teddy, there is one more question that I have for you. Okay. And that question is all around Think Radio. Mm-hmm. And so what what prompted you to start Think Radio? <laughs> well, Think Radio, you know, I had an idea many, many years ago. Uh, I, I had an idea to put together a radio station. It was probably five or six, maybe eight years ago. Uh, the original idea was to call it uh, GTR which is, of course, the abbreviation for guitar. Guitar, Um, It was also Globe Trek Radio. Uh, Mm. The idea, because, again, I was was traveling so much in my RV and doing the Borders Books thing, and it seemed to me at its original incarnation uh, to bring about the radio station then, which I didn't, I I never got to it, but I wanted to uh, be able to travel meet someone from that particular town, wherever you were working at, uh, maybe go talk to the mayor or go and talk to somebody uh, who's the, the head groundskeeper at the golf course or, you know, but just find interesting people in every stop that I was going to. 
and interview them and learn more about that particular city that I happened to be working in. That was the idea initially. It never came to, uh, to fruition at that time. But I didn't lose the idea. Um, and over time, I just decided to rename the concept Think Radio, which is named after my mother's song, Think, which my father wrote. Mm. Um, and of course, some of your listeners, I'm sure that that, that song has resonated you know, through the generation. Um, but I wanted to launch Think Radio, and by the time that I did decide to launch Think Radio, the concept became a bit different. Um, I still have a ton of interviews, uh, like what you and I are doing right now. I do it with a lot of the folks that I've had a chance to share the stage with. Oh, okay. And also, have a, I've had an opportunity to uh, to interview uh, the the members of the Aretha Franklin group and some of the people that I've been writing and recording with. I've had a chance to you know to interview them. Um, and also, most importantly, I said, you know, here's what I'd like to do at this station. Because I've loved music all my life, I wanted to be able to share that music, you know, the songs mm. that made the impressions on me. From the, guess who, you know, from the time I was a little kid, Bachman Turner Overdrive, Beatles, uh, the impressions, um, Donny Hathaway, of course, Stevie Wonder. Um, uh, there's Aretha tracks on there, of course. Uh, but sharing all of this in an open format. You know, it's not a genre that's a soul station or <clears throat> an R&B station or an oldie right. station. Uh, this thing is all over, but it's all good material. You know, it's all over the board. But if it's good material, that really, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be one new genre. You know, a good song right. is a good song. Regardless of the genre, that's right. <laughs> you know, regardless of the genre, good material is good. You know, it, there's no, you, it's unavoidable. You know, it's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. If it's good, it's good. So it's, it's an opportunity for me to globally share some of the good music that I've had an opportunity to, to enjoy and tap my foot to. And that's inspired me over the years. You know, um, my wife, will tell you different she'll say oh my god you got a country song in there oh why would you do that she she doesn't i'm trying to get her to understand the songwriting aspect of it mm. um, but outside from that she enjoys the station as much as i do and uh, she's learning a bit about the craft as well um, but yeah that's what think radio that was the idea and that's the impetus behind think radio um and it, it allows me to, 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 to take all this good music and not just have it in my head, but mm, to be able mm. to say, hey, go over there and listen to that. And I guarantee you, you know, there's somebody that's going to go, wow, I never heard that. But that was a cool track there. That was good. You know? Right. Um, and that's what it's all about. Sharing wow. the good music. Wow. Sharing the good music. Right. I mean, <laughs> sharing the good music from the, the Duke of Song. Duke of Song. Yeah. Yes, That's indeed. Right. Right. Uh, and the, the Duke is just getting started. You know, I'm really, uh, I haven't even hit my, uh, hit my stride yet. I haven't hey, even hit my stride. Hey. That's, <laughs> hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, so, so Teddy, I know we've been talking for a while. We, I mean, we've been going an hour and 16 minutes so far. 
Wow. So, you uh, never know it. You never know it. That's, <laughs> that's the mark of a good conversation. It feels like it's been it's the, 10 minutes. It's the mark of a good conversation. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't want to hold you up too long because I know you, you have other other important things to do. Um, you know, and, and I know earlier we were talking about you had your guitar out and things like that. And I don't know. I didn't know if you want to leave us with something that uh, that you were working on or you would like to share with our audience. Um, but I think it will be a blessing to hear you hear you play something and kind of deliver that to us. Let's see here. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you, Vivon. It was my pleasure, Brian. Man. Yes, sir. Um, it's one of the best conversations I've had all day, man. Oh, well, good. <laughs> I'm glad. And, and and that's, like I said in the beginning when we was off camera, I like it to be a yeah. conversation versus just a regular regular interview, right? And so I think you just get, I think we accomplished it. I think we accomplished all it. Right. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind holding on for one one moment while I close this out. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, man, right? Would you what did you think about the speed of light? The tuning played at the end. That was that was amazing. So wow. Teddy, I greatly appreciate him being on the show today, talking about his experience, talking about his his just his knowledge of the music industry. And it was great to just hear his heart about and his heart and love for for music uh, but for those who are watching i greatly appreciate you tuning in you can always catch us every monday night and every thursday night at 7 p.m right here on we create music tv where we do uh, our weekly interviews with amazing artists and producers and uh, songwriters etc right here on we create music uh, tv 
Uh, and you can catch us throughout the entire week, of course, of all of, of, all of our things like our master classes, our tutorials, uh, our you know music industry panels that we do. I mean, we offer so much to the community. Um, so make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on the notification bell to be notified of this great content. And make sure you give us a thumbs up as well if you like what we're doing here on We Create Music TV. But as always, thank you very much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a great evening. Peace.